Welcome to the Montgomery Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to grow deeper in your faith. If you'd like to learn more about MCC, you can visit our website at mcc.church. Have you ever been lost? You may have taken a wrong turn and got off trail and soon night falls and you don't have any light to help guide you. Let's face it, on any given day, we encounter more darkness than we do truth. But God is whispering to us all the time, telling us which way to go, but sometimes the, the outside or the internal voices, they fill our heads. But God does more than just whisper to us. He gives us light. His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God loves us so much, he provides a way. His word, only his word is our lamplight. Won't you follow? Well, good morning again, MCC. Awesome, awesome. Listen, we are so excited for our family that is in the room and friends that are in the room, those that are joining us online. Uh, thankful for past, to Pastor Phil for this opportunity. Uh, and for those that don't know, Pastor Phil had double foot surgery just this past week. And he's home recovering well. His fingers still work fine. I've been getting text messages all week. Uh, and got one after the 930 service. So we're, we're good. And uh, in your time of prayer, just say a prayer for him that he continues to heal well. And Pastor Phil, we know you're watching, so we're sending our love to you right now. Blessings to you, sir. So I'm happy that you guys joined us this weekend, that this is the worship experience that you wanted to be a part of. And I'm looking forward to what Holy Spirit is going to do in us and for us through this message today. I hope you've been enjoying Lamplight like I have been enjoying it thus far. The Bible says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. A lamp. Yeah, it provides enough light to take the next step and take that step safely, right? And a light, it shines a spotlight on the path ahead. So if we really rely on God's word to teach us, it will illuminate our steps and our pathway. We've learned that God in his revealed truth through scripture is uh, uh, his, his, his truth serves as both a lamp and as a light. And only God's word is our lamplight. The apostle Paul built on this truth when he wrote all scripture is God breathed and is youthful, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul speaks to how God's words equips us uh, so that we need to know how to take our next step. And that when we look to his scripture first, first, we look to the word first, um, before we move, then we understand better how we should do things. Far too often, James, people say, well, this is what I'm going to do. And then they ask God to bless it later. Yeah. See, God's will and his waves will, will move for us first if we consider his word, if we seek his word first. And at times, that word, his word, will teach us different things. And I'll share four of them with you right now. It'll teach us. We'll learn something new. 
it will rebuke us. Everyone doesn't like that one, but sometimes we'll experience his sharp disapproval, Shay. Uh-huh. It will correct us, meaning uh, we will receive his discipline. And my favorite is he'll train us. See, we will be reminded that the things that we think uh, are good for us are not what God knows is best for us. Let me say that again. We will be reminded as God trains us that what we think is good for us is not what God knows is best for us. So today I'm excited to take us into week four, into Lamplight, this new series that we're in, using some of the very scriptures that you guys have submitted to us for consideration. And a little later in today's message, you will hear from one of your fellow Montgomerians uh, in a testimony video, and it's really going to bless you. So let's jump right in. You guys know how I start a sermon. It's like faith cometh by hearing. That's what the Bible says. And hearing by the word of God. It does not say that faith came by having heard, Rob. Because if faith came by having heard, that means once we heard the word preached one time, Allie, then it would have been good enough and we'd have been fine. We wouldn't have to come back here every week. If we heard it preached one time and it did everything we needed, then it would have been sufficient for us to experience the fullness of our salvation, Steve. But it's not what it says. The Bible says the faith cometh by hearing, I-N-G. That's continuously hearing the word of God. So for today, to increase your faith, listen for your hearing. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Don't forget that. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to be to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. There's a secret to being content. We'll talk about that. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. The New American Standard Bible version says it this way, I can do all things through him who gives, who strengthens me. I have two goals for us today, okay? Pat, those two goals are this, that we leave with a better understanding of how to interpret Scripture. And two, that we will know what we can do because of him. Yeah. So for a few minutes today, I want us to ponder the declaration, I can do all things. So we got my students in the house today. And uh, I'm going to share some clarity that will reach the most senior of us in the room and the youngest of us in the room. So just stay with me. And the Greek, I can do, simply means this. It's translated to say, to be strong, to have power, to be a force. And my favorite, Jen, is to be serviceable. Now, I won't ask you to raise your hand if you have a foreign vehicle, but I would guarantee you don't take your foreign vehicle to a U.S. manufacturer for repair. Why? Because it typically says we cannot repair that vehicle and vice versa. So stay with me, because that means when our spirit needs to be serviced, We cannot take it to our friends. We cannot look to ourselves. Our small group leaders and small groups overall are mute. We have to take ourselves, our spirit, to the one that created us, Mac. Amen. Can we agree on that? If you can't say amen today, say ouch. 
If you're ashamed to say ouch, just smile and stare at the cross and no one will know I'm talking about you. <laughs> amen. And a lot of amens that time. You hear that? Okay. So, so I love the one about being serviceable. But in order to be serviceable to the Lord and be strong and be a strong force for him, I have to look to him. The Bible does not say I can be a strong force in some things. It says in all things. Okay? The Greek translation for all things is everything and anything. How is that possible? Great question. First good question of the day. How? Because of Christ who lives in me. That's how. I can be a force for him. I can do amazing things for him because of him that lives in me. We all know Philippians 4.13, just like we know John 3.16, and everyone knows Jesus wept, right? All right? We know those scriptures, right? We can recite them. We know them at any point in given time. But Philippians 4.13 is probably the most notoriously misused scripture in text. There are several, but it's probably one of the most notoriously misused. Many people have trivialized it as a motto. Yeah. Or a slogan of personal empowerment, a declaration of self-improvement or achievement, a, a proclamation of, of, of ambition, or even an announcement of an accomplishment. And it's not any of those in context. See, after telling his audience that he's experienced both poverty and affluence, the Apostle Paul writes those well-known words, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. But he's talking about what he's been through, not what he's going to do. Okay, we could do a whole series on that by itself. See, many of us have seen variations of this scripture, probably, you know, on a billboard or on a t-shirt, on a, on a postcard, or, you know, a Christian bookstore or tattooed on a neighbor's arm or, or my arm. Or, or, or even on the eye black of your, your, the, the football player that, you know, you watch on Sundays or Saturdays. But it's usually condensed down to simply I can do all things. He's got to have a pretty big head if he can get all of that across his eye black. That was a really good one at 930. But you guys are still waking up. That's okay. It's okay. But what does Paul really mean? Is he telling us to believe in ourselves or to believe that Christ empowers us to do whatever we set our minds to? Let me help you better understand what the Apostle Paul was talking about here. First of all, I'm confident that he was not referring to uh, uh, this passage while hoping or that we should hope that our favorite NCAA or NBA team makes the championship. I'm pretty confident that's not what he was talking about. Okay? No. See, Paul had been tortured. Paul had been imprisoned. In fact, he was in prison when he was writing this letter to the church at Philippi. Mm -hmm. And he was in prison in Rome, but he was thinking of someone else. He pours his life out as a living sacrifice in this moment. And he writes this passage of encouragement uh, uh, for those who would read it and so that they would know that if God brings you to it, God will bring you through it. And that we should, that they should find contentment in that truth. See, there's the struggle. And, 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 and I'm well aware that, that, that practical examples are, are absolutely needed at times. But where is your faith in the word you've read? In the Jesus you say you believe in that you come in here Sunday after Sunday to hear a proclamation from this stage about what has your life been Monday through Saturday? 
Where have you applied the word and then watched it happen? Where have you prayed and then heard a response from God? Where is that? Where has that taken hold in your life? The contentment in the truth that what God allows in your life or, 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 or presents in your life, he's already made a way of escape for you. He's already made provisions if you trust him. See, when we look at the context of our subject today, it actually contains a more powerful message than some perhaps may have imagined. See, when you truly want to know what a Bible verse or passage means, we have to read it in context. So what that means, Pete, is when we're reading this text, we've got to understand who Paul was talking to. Right? We've got to understand that he was talking to the church at Philippi and he was encouraging them while he's in jail. So we understand where his heart was, right? Craig, we have to understand that in this moment, what's happening? What's the culture? What's the people? What's happening? Why is Paul feeling this way? Why must he tell them these things? So how often do you assess your life the same way? How often when you pray, you ask God not to just pray for what you're struggling with, but maybe the root of it or the cause of it. Why is that person so hard to deal with on your job? Why do they never seem to wake up on the right side of the bed? Are you praying for that? (laughs) Well, in verse 12, Paul writes this. He says, I know what it means to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. See, before Paul writes these famous words, he recounts some of the different circumstances that his personal life was in. He'd been hungry, he'd been fed, he'd been, 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 been in need, and he'd had plenty of what he, what he needed, but that he learned even in those, no matter what the situation, he learned to be content no matter what his circumstances were. See, church, I've been homeless. I was 26 years old, and I became homeless. I've been hungry. And because of pride, I was alone. And only God was my fortitude, my fortress. He was the only place I could go to where my pride didn't well up. See, I don't give that account in my book because in order for me to tell that story in its, you know, completion or its complete narrative, I would have to share the names of some of the people who were the cause of my homelessness. And that wasn't the reason for my book. But guess what I did? Talk about the secret to contentment. I slept in my car for eight and a half months. I went to church every Sunday. I played the drums every Sunday. I cleaned the toilets at the church. I smiled every Sunday, not pretending, but because I believed what I read in the word. That he loves me no matter what. And every situation or circumstance, he has the power to pull me out of it. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, (laughs) but God delivers them out of them all. Out means you got to get in it. Okay, some of y'all catch that by Thursday. See, sometimes as believers, we think that there's going to be things that we are definitely not going to have to deal with because we we, we come to church and we love people and we give and we serve. Ah, That's not what that means. The Bible says, Rob, they hated Jesus without a cause. Okay, I'll let dramatic pause right there they hated Jesus without a call so how is it that you think you can do so much that you'll be free of hate or you'll be free of struggle 
But as someone who's had much and someone who's had little, I've been hungry and I've had a full belly. I could absolutely understand the trust that Paul had developed for God in the midst of writing this text and everything that he'd gone through. He's not a rich guy telling poor people, just get over it, you'll be okay. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. He's not saying that or vice versa. He's not sitting there as someone with a full stomach telling a hungry person, uh, you know, get back or treat him like the rich man treated Lazarus. You can have the crumbs from the table. That's not what he's doing. What he is saying is that no matter your circumstances, you can learn to be content. Now, not everyone will learn. Mike, some people won't care enough to, to learn and understand. They'll just think that if they pray, then God's going to, like I dream a genie, and just make it happen. There is a process. But how can you say that, Pastor DJ? How can I learn to be content? Well, easily, because Paul tested it and Paul proved it. It's in the text. And right there in the text, there's this important clue in the NIV translation that distinguishes it from most others. And that is this. I can do this. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. See, this instead of things, when you look at this instead of things, it's clearer that the passage is referring to specific things. All the things Paul had been talking about, all the things Paul had experienced, but not all things in the sense that I can do anything. Yeah. See, Paul did not mean that it was this blanket statement or endorsement that God will support anything we set out to do, nor that God would empower us to do whatever we could imagine or possibly think about. Yes, the Bible says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think, but that is so that we reverence the power God has and not so that we can just go, so, so if I want that one house in Mason, I can pray for it. And then God will make it happen. That's not how that goes. Now, will God bless you? Absolutely. Will God align you with the things? But if you pray according to his will, he absolutely hears you. There's an assurance in knowing that we can do whatever God calls us to, but not whatever we decide to do. Okay. It's a hard crowd. 11 o'clock, Lydia. Okay. But, but, but I understand that, yes, finding contentment even in difficult circumstances uh, uh, might be tough for even the most stout of Bible believers. I, I understand. I get that. But that is why Matthew Henry writes this. He says, we need his strength to teach us to be content in every condition. It's hard. I've lost a mom. Many have lost a mom, lost a dad, lost a loved one. Okay. Some have lost a spouse to death or in the natural. But, you, but now you're looking at it, which means you've come through it, which means whatever it was, you had the endurance to get through it. All these things, all this stuff, I did through his strength. Yeah. See, Paul understood this better than most. See, in his previous letter to the Corinthians, it's, it's interesting that most people don't know that these are letters, and some think that, some send to feel that uh, Philippians was the last letter Paul wrote because it says, uh, I'm paraphrasing, that he converted Caesar's house. Okay, Caesar was the emperor then, 
And, you know, Peter was beheaded, right? So more than likely he got beheaded after he, because Caesar was mad. That joke didn't work. So anyway, but here, 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 here in Corinthians, here in Corinthians we hear this. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults. Lost half the church right then. Who's going to delight in insults? In hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That is the less of me, more of you, God mentality. The mindset. That is, Lord, let me decrease that you may increase mindset. That is what Paul is saying is that, guess what? When I'm weakest, I'm strong. How conflicting is that to the person who's literal? But when you're weak, that means you've gotten out of God's way. <laughs> At your weakest means you're not relying on your own self. I, I encourage people all the time, do your best to stay in God's will and do your best to not get in his way. Because I would rather not have God remove me from being in his way. Ultimately, Paul looked to the spiritual provision and power of Jesus Christ to find in the midst of his situations and struggles and everything that he was going through. Mishanda, he was going through all these things. Was he was looking for strength. He was looking for hope and peace and contentment. Lauren, while he was figuring out all this stuff that was happening to him, remind you, he's an oracle for the Lord. This is Apostle Paul. This is who's launching the church. This is who's saying that I will become all things to all people so that I can save as many as I can. But then he finds himself in prison. But he still does the gospel. He still ministers the gospel. He still shares the gospel. <laughs> it is in that spiritual power that transforms hearts and frees minds that are oppressed by the discouragement of present Situations, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it to practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Put it to practice. He's saying whatever you've seen, put it to practice means you have to do something. Far too many people want to pray and that's their something. Far too many people want to give and that's their something. They want to serve and that's their something. And then, then there's no other relationship with God. They pray at this moment. They say these specific things and then they go about the rest of their day. But they haven't taken the time to listen to God's instructions. Put it into practice means you have to do something. Paul's in prison and he writes a letter to still spread the gospel and to give instruction. Some people can't get out of bed with a paper cut. Others, others can't say thank you when you hold the door for them. Then you have some that, that won't even say thank you, Craig, when you let them merge in traffic and pray for your pastor. Because sometimes when that happens and they're real rude, I want to extend a form of sign language that would not be nice. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. If I asked for hands, some people wouldn't tell the truth, but I'm just saying. But you have to do something. Paul was in prison where are you now? Hmm? Are you doing anything while you're there? Do you have all the answers but don't know the questions? Do you have the answer for everything and won't be humble enough to understand and simply be able to say, you know, I don't know. Are you having a pity party where you are or are you pointing people to Jesus? He's in jail and he's still pointing people to Jesus. Are you practicing what you preach? Hmm? 
Or maybe you say that you haven't quite, I haven't quite got to that, that point, Pastor DJ, because I'm working through some things. I'm, I'm not quite confident God has forgiven me of the sin that I committed. Well, my Bible tells me that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the Bible I read. Is, is that in, that's in your Bible, right? You say, Pastor DJ, I'm not sure if he hears my prayers. Well, my Bible tells me that, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. People omit the according to his will part all the time. See, Paul placed faith in the Lord. Where are you placing your faith? Hmm? Paul looked to the future. Are you? Or are you continuing to only look to the past? Paul made Christ his primary focus. Are you? Or are you making Christ secondary? Or worse, are you making Christ convenient? We go to church on Sunday, so that's what our family's always done it, so that's what we do. Live like a demon Monday through, Sunday, through Saturday, and Sunday you come in here and you pray and you sing and you wave your hand. It's only when we give God the proper place in our life that we can really understand how much we need him. How much he wants to do in our lives if we're submitted to him, Jackie. It's then that we will understand that we can do nothing in our own strength. It's these, this, all this because he strengthens me. His strength, not mine. And then we'll understand that finding contentment in the safety of his word is what the secret is. I told you about the secret early, right? The secret to contentment is finding safety and security in his word. We read the same Bible. We pray to the same God. So how is it that we don't take the time to understand what he desires to do in our life? If there's safety in his word, then you have an expectation. Father, you said, if I pray according to your will, you will hear me. So we have to remember to pray according to his will. Okay? I won't ask for hands. Just go home and change that prayer list. You know, cross some stuff off. Matter of fact, just ball it up and start all over. And make sure that what you're praying is according to his will. Because if you pray according to his will, he's showing up. He's ready because that means your heart is perfect towards him. The Bible says that, that, that you don't have this scripture. The Bible says that, that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, seeking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. So imagine what God would do if you're seeking that. And get this, it won't matter about the other stuff. Because if you focus on him, he will handle the other things. Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. I can do all this. I can do all things. All these things will be added to you if you seek him first. See, when we embrace 
that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. When we understand that that lamp light that we're, we're talking about and we're preaching about that we're looking at is God's word and we allow God's word to illuminate our lives, then we will be better for it because we are not going in blind, but we're allowing him to show us the way. Thanks for listening. You can stay connected throughout the week by following Montgomery Community Church on Facebook and Instagram. For more information about MCC, visit our website at mcc.church.